0: Hi, this is episode 26 of K. Ray Reads to You. Today we have part two of chapter eight of Absolute Zero by Helen Cresswell. Mr. Bagthorpe was less than enchanted to hear that Mrs. Fosdyke and company were coming to mop up. He did not know Mrs. Pye and Mrs. Bates, but this had not prevented his having formed an unshakable opinion of them. From time to time he popped into the fiddler's arms himself for a quick snorter, and the three of them were invariably present their eyes like gimlets above their glasses of stout all they want is a guillotine behind them and some knitting he said and you'd have it to the life they are waiting i swear for severed heads to roll they are the three furies they're valkyries they're termagants mr bagthorpe never minded mixing his metaphors in the interests of piling on an effect in the name came his voice over the crackling line Of all that is wonderful, I want to know why this kind of thing keeps happening to me. Why can't we be happy like other families? I've told them you'll pick them up, Jack told him, and tell Mother not to worry if I'm a bit late. I've got to go and get zero. Hells, came Mr. Bagthorpe's gritted voice. Bells, and the line went dead. The storm seemed right overhead now. "'Jack flinched and ducked each time the lightning tore down. "'He hated storms. "'He usually spent them in his room, the curtains drawn, under the bed with Zero. Zero hated storms as well. "'His ears went right down, and he shook all over and seemed to shrink nearer the ground. "'Now he was crouched all alone in the wood. "'And thinking I'm a traitor,' thought Jack, this was the worst part. "'He had deliberately abandoned Zero. It was with the best of intentions, but Zero could not be expected to know this. "'I feel like Judas Carrot,' Jack thought. He banged on Mrs. Fosdyke's door again. "'I'm leaving my bike on your porch,' he shouted above a clap of thunder. "'I'm going over the fields.' He began to run to forestall argument. Sure enough, he heard her voice following him. "'Here, you don't go near trees, you yer. You'll be stricken. Come back. What'll your ma say?' Jack turned his face manfully away from the village and went out beyond the lights into the utter darkness of the meadow. The storm racketed about him and lit the scene every minute or two with a weird brilliance. The worst moment, the one that stood out ever after, was when something clammy and white slapped over his face from out of nowhere, blinding him. Jack yelled and stumbled and clawed at the empty cloth. He held it out at arm's length and the lightning flared, It was one of his own Airtex vests." Jack groaned. He had forgotten the carefully laid trail of laundry in his concern for Zero. Even now his priorities seemed clear. All hell, it was true, would break loose later when the loss of his underwear and socks was discovered. Hope that it would ever turn up in whatever condition was slight. But they're dead anyway, Jack thought, as he panted on, the vest stuffed in his pocket. Socks and pants can't suffer the way Zero can he'd die for me-i know he would so it's up to me to die for him he reached the wood at last and drew a deep breath mrs fosdike he knew had been right about trees they did attract lightning but at least we'd go together he thought he climbed the fence and pushed his way through the brambles toward the clearing and began to call now above the din of the wind and thunder zero zero come on boy it's me zero He stopped dead. He was in the clearing. A long flare of lightning lit the whole scene distinctly. Jack shut his eyes and opened them again. Zero, he called, forlornly now. Again the lightning flared. The clearing was deserted. Zero had gone. By the time Jack returned an hour later, Mrs. Fosdak and company were in occupation and had taken over the whole operation. To the dazed and stricken Jack, it had seemed for a few moments when he pushed open the door that he was seeing trouble. He saw three Mrs. Fosdykes ringing, darting, pouncing, and heard three of them clucking. It was an extension of his nightmare, and he actually groaned aloud. (laughs) Mrs. Bagthorpe came in then, and obviously her yoga and breathing had failed her in her extremity, because she became almost hysterical at the sight of her son, drenched, mud-spattered, white-faced, and staring. "'I did tell him,' Mrs. Fosdyke paused and leaned on her mop, "'and if he'd been struck dead, it'd have been no wonder.' "'I wouldn't care if I had been,' said Jack dully. Mrs. Bagthorpe advanced to put her hand on his head, but he pushed it away. "'You might be delirious,' she cried. "'You sound as if you are raving.' "'He went blindly among the mops and bucket brigade and into the hall. "'Take off your wet shoes,' called his mother helplessly after him. "'Jack trudged up the stairs past Daisy's mottos "'and along the landing and into his room. "'He stood and stared disbelievingly. "'He actually knocked his forehead with a clenched fist "'to settle his brains, as Mr. Bagthorpe sometimes did. "'Then a wet zero was prancing at his knee,' tail going as it had never gone before and giving little excited <laughs> snorts oh zero zero good old chap jack had to sit suddenly on the bed and zero danced about his feet he's safe thought jack and he found his way home even without the trail he did it he's a genius it later became clear that zero had arrived back only moments after mr bagthorpe had replaced the receiver after his conversation with Jack. He had squelched through the kitchen, slipping and cursing under his breath, opened the back door and been bowled to the ground by zero in full tilt. His front paws, aimed at the middle of the door, had landed flat on Mr. Bagthorpe's chest. He had leaped clean over him, straight past a squealing Rosie and Tess who were mopping, up the stairs and into Jack's room. "'Like a rat,' Mr. Bagathorpe afterwards said into its bolt hole. He asserted that not even during active service in a world war had he been so rudely and unexpectedly assaulted. Even war has rules, he said. There's an international code. That hound knows no bounds. This family is going to have to split up. People are going to have to make a choice between the hand that feeds them and the teeth that bite it. When Jack pointed out that Zero had never in fact bitten Mr. Bagthorpe, "'He dismissed this as a quibble. "'How I ever rose again is a mystery,' he declared. "'How Zero actually got home was a mystery. "'Even Jack admitted this. "'He had certainly not followed the trail. "'In the end, Jack decided that Zero had been quite capable "'of finding his way home all along, "'but had just never felt like it before. "'He just needed a good reason to do it,' he explained to the others. "'Like a storm, for instance.' They remained unconvinced. Zero never repeated the performance, so perhaps they were right. But then, never again did Zero find himself alone, at night, in a wood with a storm raging about him. The question was left open. And that's the end of Chapter 8 of Absolute Zero by Helen Cresswell. See you next time.